Hello, my friends. This is Pastor Christopher Alam. I trust you're having a good day and that the hand of the Lord is upon you and you're blessed. Uh, we are talking about, you know, the whole uh, theme of the teaching that I'm doing these days. And we have done 22 uh, videos so far, 22 lessons. They are, it, it is about the realities of redemption. And we first began to talk about the new birth and the power of the new creation. What a wonderful miracle it is, the, the, the wonderful power of, of the work that God has done in us because we are a new creation in Christ Jesus and what that means. Then we talked about healing in the atonement and we have dwelt on that for quite a number of days. And uh, we talked about uh, uh, the ministry of Jesus. And then yesterday we talked about the, uh, the, the uh, about the exceeding greatness of his power that is in us and through us. And today we are going to go into the book of Acts. We have left the gospel. Now we are going into the book of Acts. And in the book of Acts, we'll, we'll look at some of the miracles that, uh, that the Lord did through the apostles. But first of all, I, would, I want to share a testimony with you, a story as I've done every night. And, and um, uh, well, th this is from Argentina. I was in a place called La Matanza, uh, which is a town outside of Buenos Aires and I was doing a crusade there and there were many many people in the meetings and uh, you know big open-air crusade people getting saved by the thousands people healed people set free it was powerful so and it was very hot it was very hot so and, and the people in Argentina are so gracious and kind so after the service I would have like scores of people lining up and and they wanted to shake my hand and they would hug me. And you know, the Argentina style, they kiss you in both cheeks. And I don't mind being kissed because I'm Middle Eastern and we, we, we do that. But it was so hot and I was so tired after the meeting. So it, it got, got a bit too much. I didn't, uh, you know, quite relish shaking hands with everybody. So one night I was so tired. I think it was the fourth night of the crusade. I was so tired. I was worn out. And I looked at the people already lining up and I thought, oh man, I, I, I just got to get out of here. So what I did, I went to the other end of the platform because they were lining up where the stairs went up and down and on the other side. So I actually jumped about six feet off the stage on the ground and a couple of my team members from Sweden were with me. I said, guys, let's just get away. I don't want to greet anyone tonight. I'm just so tired. So uh, we went off into the dark in the parking lot. The cars were parked about a 100, 150 yards away. So I was standing there in, it was completely dark there. I thought nobody would see me. So I'm standing there with my guys and getting some fresh air. I was very tired. And uh, then I hear a man's voice behind me, Armano, uh, brother in Spanish. So I thought, oh my goodness, they have found me. And so I just kind of resigned myself. I turned around and all I didn't I didn't see their faces because it was dark. All I saw was two silhouettes, and uh, and he began to tell me uh, something like uh, he said, "Esta mi esposa, this is my wife." So I knew there was something wrong with her. I didn't know what was wrong. So I just turned around and put my hand on her head and I said, "Bless you." That's all I said. Bless you, Dios le bendiga. God bless you. And then I turned my back to them again and just, you know, turned my back. And then the moment, you know, all I did was, God bless you. And I just turned away. And then I heard a kind of whimpering sound behind me. And then I looked and they were, they were kind of walking away. 
uh, walking away. So the next night uh, when the crusade uh, started, I preached and all that. And then I called for testimonies. And this lady comes running up on the platform. And so I asked her to say, you know, to tell what was wrong with you. She said, well, um, I had a serious stroke and I was paralyzed and I couldn't go anywhere without my husband holding me up. And, and last night, uh, uh, you know, I wanted special prayer from you. So uh, my husband and I began to look for you and then we found, we saw some shadows in the parking lot. So we figured it would be you. So we walked up to you and you turn around and you touched me, laid hands on me. And, uh, and you said something in English. I don't know what you said, but you, but you said, God bless you in Spanish. And the moment you touched me, the power of God came all over me. And in an instant, my paralysis was gone and I was completely healed and I could walk away from there unaided and I give glory to Jesus. And of course we praise God, but I feel so terrible. <laughs> I had this guilty feeling that, you know, I didn't even pray for her. I just reached out and touched her and said, you know, bless you. And, uh, and, uh, but you know, God, God worked in spite of my bad attitude. You know, I didn't want to greet anyone, talk to anyone, just want to run away. But, 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 you know, God still is so good. God is so gracious in, in our weaknesses and, 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 he, and he, even when we falter and fail, he still shows up and we give glory to Jesus. But it was a wonderful miracle for that lady, uh, completely healed of all the paralysis in her body in an instant like this. What a wonderful Jesus we serve. Praise God. Anyway, um, I'm going to talk to you about the book of Acts and I think this will take a couple of days because uh, uh, you know the, we're going to go through a number of the miracles in the book of Acts. Now the, it's called the book of Acts because if you if you look at your Bible it'll say Acts of the Apostles. That's the full name of the book. The Acts of the Apostles. But it's actually not the Acts of the Apostles but it is I, will, I would like to call it it's the Acts of Jesus through his apostles. It is the acts of Jesus through his apostles. And, and I want to start by uh, reading to you, uh, say from Acts chapter, uh, Acts chapter three, verses one to six. And this is, this is the first miracle in the book of Acts. It says, now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer being the ninth hour. And a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed to them, expecting to receive something from of them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none. But such as I have given I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he leaping up stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Now, this is very interesting because here's this man. And, um, and actually, if later on in the scripture, it tells us he was 37 years of age. So he was lame from his mother's womb. So he was a grown man and he was lame from his mother's womb and he was a beggar. In those days, 
if you had any kind of physical disability handicap, that's the only thing you could do was to beg. So he used to sit and beg. And he saw Peter and John walking by, uh, you know, entering into the temple. They were going to a prayer meeting and he asked them for an alms, asked some money, for some money. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John said, look on us. And he gave heed to them. He, he said, look on us. And the man gave heed to them, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. Now let's pause here. The, the first thing is this man, you know, he had been sitting at the beautiful gate of the temple and and normally, you know, I grew up in the Middle East. And so when, when you have beggars, beggars normally sit in certain places. You'll find the same beggar sitting in the same place all the time. He'll find a good spot where people give money. And so he'll sit there. And, and religious places like temples are good places to beg because people who are in a religious kind of mood, they, they want their prayers to be heard. So they always make sure to give something to, um, uh, to, to the poor because they think that helps their prayers being heard. It's, it's, it's a mindset they have in the East. So you always give something to beggars. So this man is sitting at the temple. And I wonder, I just thought a thought, I wonder how many times uh, Jesus must have passed that way uh, to the temple, but the man was still like this. It's interesting uh, because, uh, you know, if you look at the ministry of Jesus, Jesus prayed for the sake only under two conditions. Uh, either if they asked him, that was the first condition. Or secondly, if the father told him, uh, if people asked Jesus to pray, he would pray for them. And uh, whenever he prayed for them, they were always healed. Always, always healed. And he never turned anyone away. Never. But the second thing is that sometimes people wouldn't ask him, but the father would tell him. And when the father would tell him, he would heal them. But he never prayed for the sake, thinking, well, I have this healing power. I can go around and heal everybody. He didn't do that. He could only heal if they asked him, if the people who were sick asked him or, or the father told him. And sometimes uh, the third condition was when he was moved with compassion. There was an extraordinary thing that moved within him and, and he, he would go out and pray for the sick. But this guy is not mentioned anywhere in the gospel. So I have, I don't have the answer to that. But the only thing I like to think is this way, that he used to sit there, but it doesn't mean that God had not chosen to heal him. It was just that God had chosen to do this miracle in the man's life on a day when it would have the maximum effect. It looks to me that way, but you know, it's just my speculation, but I don't want to build a doctrine on it. But I've thought of that many times. But anyway, but the bottom line is whether that man was healed uh, a few months back when Jesus was around ministry or he was healed uh, through the ministry of Peter and John, uh, you know, a few months later, it doesn't make any difference because ultimately the important thing is that he was healed and that God didn't want to leave him in that condition. That, that is the bottom line. Always remember that, that God will always come through. God will always heal the sick. If we, if we put, uh, uh, you know, our faith out there to, 
uh, to receive from him. So, uh, you know, so pray, uh, praise God for that. But now the other thing is that Peter and John, Peter knew that he didn't have any money in his pockets. And, uh, and the thing is that when this man asked Peter for money, and Peter wanted his attention. So Peter could have just brushed him off and said, look, I don't have money and just moved on. But he didn't do that. He said, look on us. Why? Because he wanted to give the man something, but it was not what the man wanted. So he said, look on us. So the man gave them his attention. So here's the thing. If you uh, if God tells you to pray for somebody and you must have their attention, if you don't have their attention, you can't pray to them. You can't minister to people. So, if they, so you have to get their attention. So Peter got his attention because the man looked at him expecting to receive. And then Peter told him what he did not have. But then he also told him what he did have. He says, I don't have silver or gold. I don't have any, I don't have silver or gold. I don't have any money. But what I have, I give it to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he grabbed the man's hand and the man rose up and walked. This, now this is interesting because see, you can only give to people that which you have, that which you know that you have. You 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 have to, you know, so. If you want to be used by God in healing the sick, first you've got to acknowledge that which God has put inside you. You have to acknowledge, first of all, Jesus Christ, that you have to tell people, you know what, you are going to be healed today because Jesus Christ died upon the cross and he bore your sins and your diseases and your healing is accessible to you and it's accessible to you right now. And that's the first thing they have to know, that the healing is actually accessible. And secondly, that you are able to give it to them. Because you see, Peter knew what he had because Jesus had said to him, he says, you shall, <coughs> I'm sorry, you shall lay your hands upon the sick and they shall recover. Peter hadn't forgotten that. The mandate that Jesus had given him in my name, in my name, you shall lay your hands upon the sick and they shall recover. Peter remembered that. Then the second thing that Peter remembered that he had was the baptism with the Holy Ghost and with fire. When Jesus had said, you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost shall come upon you. So Peter knew that although he had no money, these two things he did have. He did have the right to use the name of Jesus because he knew that when he used the name of Jesus and touched and laid hands on people, they, should, they shall be healed. He knew that because Jesus had told him that. The second thing that he knew that he had the baptism with the Holy Ghost and with fire, he was full of the Holy Ghost and, and Jesus had said that you shall receive power. So Peter knew that he had the power of God when he had the Holy Spirit. So now, if you, if you and I want to be used by God in healing the sick, we have to know what we do not have and what we do have. And unfortunately, we are living at a time, you know, you've got prosperity teaching. So people know they have a lot of money. They know how much they have in the other, you know, in the bank and what kind of car they have in the driveway. How big is the square footage of the house they live in? What is the value of the Rolex watch they're wearing? They do know these things. They could rattle off those prices and tell you. But 
They don't know all these other things that Jesus has given them. When Jesus said, in my name, you shall cast out devils, you shall lay your hands upon the sick and they shall recover. And that, and the fact that they have gone, they have been baptized with the Holy Ghost and with fire and which gives them power, power to raise the dead, to heal the sick, to cleanse the lepers. So, you know, there are the essential things and the non-essential things, money and things. Those are the non-essential things. They have certain function in our life and God takes care of us, but they are not the things that we live for. Money and material things and all this prosperity stuff, that's not what we live for. What we live for is is what God has mandated us to do. That is to set people free, to preach the gospel, to heal the sick, to cast out devils. That is our mandate. Now, if we seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all the material, the physical things we need on this earth, God says, all those things shall be added to you. So in that way, those things are not the essential things that we seek about, that we preach about, that we talk about, that we direct our faith towards, but we direct our faith towards the essential things, the things that make us tick, the things that we live for to do the will of God. And so Peter knew that he, he for whatever reason, he didn't have any money on him, but he said, you know what? I have something else. I don't have money, but I do have something else. And that I will give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Now, the other thing I notice here is the utmost confidence that people, uh, sorry, that Peter had in what Jesus had given him to do. We must have utmost confidence in in the power of the mighty name of Jesus that we are allowed to utter with our mouths. There are people we see in the book of Acts about the, we read about the seven sons of Sceva, uh, how they tried to use the name of Jesus and, uh, you know, uh, they tried to cast the devil out of a man by saying, in the name of Jesus, who Peter, uh, who Paul preaches about and, uh, uh, you know, come out and the demon possessed man turned on them and said, I know Jesus, I know Paul, but who are you? But we don't fall into that category because we have the right to use the name of Jesus. And that is why we, you know, we have to hold that name as something so, so precious. We, that name has been given to us. It is, it is a, a something that belongs to the family of God. It is the name that casts out devils. It is the name that heals the sick. It is the name that raises the dead. It is the name that whosoever calls on that name shall be delivered. And so that name is a holy name. It's a powerful name. So we have to, we have to have total confidence in that name that that name is able to deliver. Hallelujah. So he said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Now, the other thing is the power of the Holy Spirit. We First, we have to know that we are baptized with the Holy Ghost and with fire. And it's more than tongues. It goes beyond tongues. It is, we have received power. And that power is the word dynamis, which is the same Greek word used in Mark 5, when the woman with the issue of blood touched Jesus and dynamis, virtue, flowed from him and healed her. And Jesus said that the same Thing, that divine substance that flowed from me when the woman of, with the issue of blood touched me, that same thing shall flow from you. So we have to uh, not only receive these things from God, but also have utmost confidence in these things that yes, I have the 
power of God in my life and I've been baptized with the Holy Ghost and I have the right to use the name of Jesus and Peter had that and so he says I don't have silver I don't have gold but he said but look at me look at me he wanted their attention now that's not arrogance that's boldness you know because uh, because boldness is is divine boldness but it always points to Jesus Arrogance points to himself and doesn't point to Jesus. Some people confident, uh, they, they confuse divine confidence with arrogance and they call, uh, you know, when someone is kind of timid and doesn't say much, uh, they, they call that humility. And that's not humility, that, that, that's, that's religious stuff. You know, anything that, that hinders you from, from boldly proclaiming the power of God and and, and, and delivering the goods to the people so as to say that that's religious, that's not humility. So, so Jesus gave this to Peter and Peter was right there. He said, I don't have money, but you know what? Look at me, I'll give you what I have. He says, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And then what happened immediately after this, he grabbed the man by the right hand, lifted him up, lifted him up and his feet and ankle bones received strength. And uh, this is kind of a bit humorous because Luke was a physician and he's the one who wrote the book. So he described the medical condition. He said immediately his feet and his ankle bones received strength. And then he jumped up, stood and walked and entered into the temple, walking, leaping and praising God. And there were several thousand people inside the temple at a prayer meeting. And he says, all the people saw him and walking God and then uh, saw him walking and praising God. And they knew that it was he who sat for arms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened to him. And as the lame man which was healed held Peter and John, all the people ran together unto them in the porch which is called Solomon's greatly wondering. So these people, they saw <coughs> the man, they recognized him. Uh, there is the man who, who was lame, he used to beg at the temple and then uh, they saw how, the, how he was holding Peter and John and they were thinking, oh my goodness, I wonder who these men are. Uh, there used to be a guy called Jesus, he used to do these miracles, but, uh, but we killed him, crucified him and who are these two? And, and Peter saw the way they were looking, the admiring looks by which they were looking at him and this is what he said in verse 12. And when Peter saw it, he answered unto the people, Ye men of Israel, why marvel ye at this? Why look so, ye so earnestly on us as though by our own power or holiness we have made this man to walk? He said, why do you look at us as if we by our own power or holiness have made this man to walk? That is humility. When that self-effacing uh, quality because look what he does. He then points to Jesus. He said, we have nothing to do with this, but this is Jesus. He says, verse 13, the God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob, the God of our fathers has glorified his son, Jesus, whom ye delivered up and denied him in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. But you denied the Holy One and the just and desired a murder to be granted unto you and killed the Prince of life whom God has raised from the dead whereof we are witnesses. So he, what, what he is doing now, he is taking this opportunity to preach Jesus to the Jews. He's preaching 
Jesus Christ to these Jewish people and said, you killed the prince of life, but God has raised him from the dead of which we are witnesses. He is proclaiming, he's testifying to the fact that the Jesus who you people killed, he is not dead, but he is alive because God has raised him from the dead. And then he finally tells them, how, how is it that this lame man was healed? Because they thought that Peter and John had done it and said, you men of Israel, why do you think we, that we by our own power or, ho or our own holiness have made this man to walk? But look at verse 16 and he says, and his name through faith in his name has, this, has made this man strong whom ye see and know. Yes, the faith which is by him has given him this perfect soundness in the presence you are, of you all. Hallelujah. He says the name of Jesus through faith in his name has, this, has made this, name, this man strong. What he's saying is that what we did was we spoke the name of Jesus and his name is so powerful because you see a name stands for a, the person who carries that name. When you speak a man's name, everybody knows who you're talking about. So he said in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. So he says his name through faith in that name has made this man strong. Hallelujah. The faith which is by him has given him, as, him, him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. The name of Jesus is a healing name. Hallelujah. So that's the first healing miracle in the book of Acts. Peter and John meeting the lame man at the temple. Hallelujah. Well, praise God. I, I trust you have learned something and we are going to carry on with this tomorrow. And we are going to continue to look at the <coughs> book of Acts and some of the miracles in the book of Acts. Now, um, please give me some feedback. Uh, I know this, I, I get messages all the time uh, that people are watching us and people are being blessed to this. But if, if you have any thoughts, uh, any any comments, anything, please do uh, send me a personal message and, uh, you know, it would be great to hear back from you. But let, let me pray for you. Father, I pray for my brothers and my sisters in the name of Jesus. I thank you for your hand that is upon each person. I thank you for their homes, their families. Father, I ask you for your healing power to come upon them, upon every home, every family that is out there. Heal them in the name of Jesus. Let your healing virtue come over them and every spirit of infirmity, leave them, go away from them and come back no more in Jesus' name. Father, let your bless blessings abound upon each one. And Lord, I ask you for protection, keeping, deliverance and provision, Father. Thank you, Father, that there's divine provision for all of us. We thank you in the name of Jesus. Well, the Lord bless you in all things. And the Bible says, serve the Lord with gladness. Even when times are difficult, we still serve the, the Lord with gladness. And God will continue to bless you and me. Amen.